0: Welcome to Unlocked, the podcast that dares to put people first. Late 2020, the Talent Sprint joined a unique community of activist entrepreneurs called We Don't Need Road, a one stop shop for positive impact. Together, we move as a pack. We are on a mission to change our economies for good.
1: As we are passionate about people who do things differently, people who create impact in business, and for a more sustainable world people that carry unique qualities in work and life that's why we want to meet the pack and bring you this exclusive podcast series where we invite pack members to have open conversations with us and share their mission towards creating positive impact and our only rule to our guest is
0: be yourself we are the talent sprint my name is emmanuel nishaporn i'm a partner at the time sprint and I'm passionate about people and the projects to change the world.
1: And my name is Jeroen Frumau, co-founder of the Talent Sprint, and passionate about unlocking people's potential so that they can experience success. Again, welcome to Unlocked, the podcast that dares to put people first.
0: So welcome to Mode Mielvac Teveno. She is one of the co-founders at We Don't Need Roads, a unique community of activist entrepreneurs. I am Emmanuel, and with you, we are co-hosting this episode. Maud is a scale specialist. She went from boosting Google and YouTube to co-create We Don't Need Roads, a one-stop shop for positive impact. With her core team and the pack, they create the future-proof companies we need to change the world. They help the companies who can't to act for a better tomorrow in being more sustainable, impact-driven, purpose-driven. And it is such a pleasure to have you on our podcast today. We are very proud. And thanks to your international background in leadership and tech, you are preparing companies for the next revolution, which is sustainability. So let's help the companies pivot. Can you please, Mo, tell us more about you? What is your dream?
2: Who are you? (laughs) Thank you very much, for hosting me today. So I'm just mode <laughs> to start. I'm 43. I have two kids and my background is business, really business oriented. I don't come from sustainability at the beginning. So I spent a couple of years at uh, PNG and then I joined Google for 13 years, and I really helped, I don't know if I really helped, but I helped developing Google ad solutions and then YouTube and launching YouTube in different markets. And then I spent a couple of years to accompany big corporates in the FMCG and retail sectors to understand the digital revolution. And then at some point, I felt like the digital revolution was over. And, and because it was embedded in the business and people understood it and really act on that and, and they just need to deploy. And I realized that there was something else that I was not doing. There was another revolution, like the sustainable revolution. And I really needed to put my energy on that and to, and to help. So I really wanted to, to contribute uh, and, and put my energy where it really matters. So this was my aha moment and I really feel that there's the universe conspired to your success as we say <laughs> because as soon as I decided to, that I wanted to do that like I met like amazing people on my on my path personal path and that really allowed me to 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 become who I became now and and to create We Don't Need Roads. and um, This is uh, yeah a few, few years ago and then we Really decide to create We Don't Need Roads one year ago with and uh, now rejoin rejoined by uh, Riza Golshaydar. But so We Don't Need Roads tomorrow has one year officially. So We're very happy about that. And you mm-hmm. you you ask me about my dream, but really, this is my dream. We Don't Need Roads is my dream. And helping helping these companies and these investors to understand what's going on and to act to contribute more positively is something that was inside us of us like a few years ago and we we had the courage to launch this despite the pandemic <laughs> last year but we did it and and this is a dream comes true so we're very happy about that
0: thanks and actually you say it's a dream come true and you're talking about the next revolution and I think you is okay with me at, at the time point we really believe that actually sustainability and purpose this in general, is the next revolution. Purpose is not just this buzzword and all about, okay, my purpose is to make more money or my purpose is, and just having this big headlines, but not acting on it. So when you say the, the sustainable revolution or the purpose revolution, what are you guys, at, we don't need roads, what are you doing with the companies to actually help them making their first path into this new revolution
2: so i would i would say and it, i would just talk about the the digital revolution should have been called the revolution of business in a digital world so if we if we would have called that like this we would have understood it more easily without waiting such long years to do that and now we need to really name the sustainable revolution as it is. It's a mandatory mutation of business, taking into account the the fact that the planet has limits. So we really need to, this is the end of business as usual. So you need to start creating positive driven business if you want to survive and integrating the understanding of what is possible within uh, planetary uh, boundaries. So what we're doing with companies is we're we're trying to allow them to understand what's going on, what's at the stake, and to and to pivot their brands or their businesses, their portfolio if it's investors, to better contribute. And together, we have created an innovation and a brand studio that allow them to, to also create. So you can pivot what the the business, the, your core business, for instance, and you can also create new businesses new brands new services that would be more positive because it's not often easy to really shift your core business so we allow them to do both like you have your core business you can pivot it and then you really have to create something else and to create something else you need to to you have two key two main assets you have your brand and it's really important that's why it's very important for everybody to have a reason to in uh, raison d'etre how do you say that yeah in raison d'etre yeah purpose and uh, um, mission vision you really need to have a brand platform and if you don't have one there's the problem will will we'll start here and the second st- stuff that is the, you're one of your key assets it's people and you also need to allow people to be And we'll talk about that later, probably, but to be more creative, to have more salt leadership, to be more engaged and you need to put more freedom. This is why we talked about like free, free company. I don't know the terms in in English, but this is only to make sure that you understand what's going on and pivot your your company. So from the beginning, we wanted to do something differently and We Don't Need Roads is an ecosystemic tool. So we move as a pack. We create this pack of partners where you belong and we're very happy to have you inside this, this pack of partner. And, So we brought together committed partners, movement, people united by by values, united by the the true belief of positive impact and and a commitment to business excellence. And we're doing all together commando teams, hybrid teams that will equip positive, positive impact projects or businesses or brands. This is what we do together.
1: It's an amazing uh, story if you think, let's say, coming from the fast-moving consumer goods via the Google uh, stint that you've done and now really entering in this uh, more sustainable, planet-driven, I would almost say passion that you're able to, to activate with, we do not need roads. I just wanted to go back in time. Manuel was talking about what is your dream and you said, this, this is my dream. But if we would go back 30 years in time, what were you dreaming about when you were 13 years old, playing in the back garden or on the balcony of an apartment or going on a holiday with your parents? What were your dreams at that age?
2: That's a tough question. I I don't know what, what was really my dream. I can tell you something that I discovered early in time is... I, I believe I had this capacity. Like, how do you? Sorry, the tinker, tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Uh, yeah, tinkerbell. I have this capacity to make things happen. So, if you give me your dream, I will. I will try to make it happen. So, this is how I. This is how I. I, I feel is. I identify what is needed to be created, like for the world, for instance. And I will put all my energy to, to deploy this. And this is, I think, why I, I helped to, I accompany, I accompany these this big corporates to, to understand digital revolution and to make sure that they, they pass through that. And this is much more important now. I understand what is needed for the planet and how we can all help on that. So early in time, I discovered for my friends when I was a, little like a teenager or what I could do, the power that we all have when we work together, when we have the energy and how we can create, co-create things together.
1: So if I understand correctly, you were already an activist at a very young age. You were able to put things in motion and uh, help others uh, to realize maybe their dreams or or their goals uh, in that sense. So uh, beautiful to hear. You, You touched upon people already, and the way I experience the pack, as we are uh, fortunate members of, uh, of that uh, movement as well, is that it's really about individuals. And I was just wondering how you see that or how you take the responsibility in connecting the people as such.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, th- that's very interesting. It's, 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 the, the pack is living its life by itself, which is really funny for us because we initiate this movement and we have gathered, so maybe because we've gathered all these people with the same value when we were aligned. So maybe that we, we are lacking diversity uh, point of view inside the pack, I don't know, but everybody gets along very well. And they really, people really want to contribute. What strike me the, the, this few weeks is, I have many, many people calling me every day to be part of the of the pack and these people, so first, it was a proactive moment, uh, movement from us to people, and now it's like yeah, it's uh, reversed, and people are calling us, working for big companies, and saying we don't want to work the air anymore. And so we knew this movement, right? It's coming from millennials at the beginning where they didn't want to work for big companies anymore. But now it's like people my age calling us and say, we don't want to work here anymore. We want to contribute more. And companies are not the right vehicles to do it. And that's a major, I'm just uh, saying that it's a major issue for, for, for companies, right? Their, their talents are leaving them. And these talents who wants to contribute, who have sought leadership, who are, they can feel something's happening and it's very precious for companies. And so we're very grateful because all these people are working with us and we're trying to equip project with, with the back. But it's also a problem because individual action, it's fine and it's important, but we won't scale sustainability if the groups are not doing it. So we really need to have insiders. We really need to maintain pirates inside the organization but the organization have to allow these pirates to stay and to be engaged and to uh, and to have some power inside the organization to to shift uh, models so that's the the thing so i'm, I'm just uh, answering in differently to, our, to your question but yeah people are connecting together to do to, to to see what we can all do together they get along very well because maybe yeah we're we recognize ourselves. We are the, the pirates, the activist entrepreneurs. We don't need what is, is really around about reconciliation between business and impact. This is what's going on now. Uh, for me, there's no sustainable revolution anymore. It's it's already embedded. And if you haven't seen it, if you're head of a company and you haven't seen that this is the basic, your new basic for business then you're, you're not going to, your business is not going to survive. It's this change is happening much, much faster than the digital one because it's, a, it's of course because of the COVID and everything. And of course, because it's, it's global. This is a, this is a global uh, issue and now we understood people are understanding what's going on. So for us, it's really positive impact is not an option anymore and it's mandatory. And it's already happening. And if you, if you don't understand what's going on, your business won't survive.
0: I, I really like what you're saying when you talk about the pirates. And I think that when we talk about recruiting differently or when we talk about doing things differently, this is actually a very interesting persona or profile. This pirate who actually has this, is earning, yearning for freedom is looking for new adventures, is looking for a way to do things different. You yourself at either We Don't Need Roads or in the companies you've been before, how have you helped these pirates to find their place in the organization? And how do you help them to actually, how do you empower them to make the best and to help the company change from within?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question because you you have you can recruit pirates and you can also, as you were saying, make sure that your people become your crew and and that they they become the the pirates for your organization and they help you to to pass this, these crises because this is not the last one and, and it's gonna be a bumpy road, right? It's gonna be a very bumpy ride. So you need people to help you inside your organization to pivot, to understand what's going on, to innovate. At Google, they did a very, very good job on that because they created a disruptive thing, like a disruptive and global and massive business at the beginning. They needed to have people who, who had a lot of creativity, a lot of thought leadership, and they nourish this creativity and this thought leadership. And that became the, the very particular focus of um, HR, for instance, or training teams inside Google to make sure that people increase their thought leadership and meet, and they allow also, they did a very good job allowing people to have more time outside of the companies make connection get out of their comfort zone meet new people create new connections this is how as you were saying as we were saying this is how you create innovation so they also they, we also uh, spend a couple of times training people on what we call magic academy it was a creativity training because at google we believe that everybody is creative Everybody. And this is not something that you hear, uh, you often hear, I would say Google, but we really experienced it and everybody's creative. It's just a matter of changing your brain waves. So you can train yourself or you can train others to do that. So it's just, for instance, when you're cooking or when you're uh, running or when you're in your shower, for instance, and where you have this moment where, oh, I have these ideas. It's just because your, your brain uh, waves are changing actually. And so we have this training to allow your teams to be more creative. And for instance, if you spend like one hour, two hours doing emails, you're not creative anymore. And so you, that's why they created this micro kitchen. That's why they have created these baby, baby, uh, baby food games, uh, poses. That's why they launched very big programs of meditation inside Google a long time ago, like a few years ago when it was not hype to do it. And so they had sleeping pods. So everything that will allow your brain to change, like the, your waves, the brain waves to change and to be creative. So if you combine thought leadership Salt leadership is the capacity of understanding what's going on outside your company. So you have to read, you have to meet people, you have your, and then people are, some people are naturally gifted, like very instinctive people, of course, but you can also train people to be, to have more salt leadership. So if you combine salt leadership and this creativity, then, and engagement, of course, then you have the great uh, recipe to also make sure that you, you have a future proof we call that future proof businesses so very sustainable and anchor in the reality of business or brands
1: thinking about uh, thought leadership what type of thought leadership are these organizations lacking at the moment to really embrace that journey full-fledged
2: so there's some there's a lot actually but they they need to be trained about the climate really, they really need to understand right now what is the impact on their business of the climate change, positive impact and negative impacts So the risk and the opportunities. This is not done enough and it has to be done at all layers of the organization. Like the investors of these uh, big companies needs to understand also what's going on so that they can support the action of the, of the CEO of the, of the companies and the CEOs and the VPs of the companies Need to be sustainable, fluent. And that's the, the issue is that you have different gap inside the, the organization. Like investors, they don't get it. That's why maybe you fire some CEO of, of Danone or whatever. And then uh, inside the company, between the VPs and the millennials that you have, there's a big gap. They don't understand each other. So you really need this is a common language for everybody. It's like how to understand, how to. Uh, to make sure to understand the positive and negative impact of climate on your business. That's, that's the first thing that, that I would do. And then there's also a question of um, what I was saying about thought leadership and uh, creativity. There's one missing, it's diversity. Really, it's really this one is really missing. People don't understand inside organization what really diversity can bring when you talk about innovation. Innovation is the tension between two different points of view. So you need to have a divergence if you really want to to innovate. And the the different point of view will come from the diversity. And it's not only, as, as people will make a cliche about that, but it's not only social, sexual gender nationalities languages of course this is important but it's also the way the ways of thinking the ways of processing information there is many tools for that like insight colors of mbti or whatever the tools are that the personality um, the, the the personality diversity this is key also to mix teams with the with diverse, real diverse teams so that you you see your blind spots for the first time. And so you you really manage to pivot or to innovate thanks to that. So you and you're getting out of your river of thinking thanks to that also. Actually
0: what you're saying and is it's interesting, it once again get back to people, how people work together how they think and this is something that we really like at the time sprint because we think that people like a business is made of people and not the other way around a business without people would not exist even if you have a great idea if you do not have the great people and the great team to actually make this idea a reality as we were saying if we if you don't find your tinker, Bell, it's just going to remain an idea and it's, it's never going to come and what I find interesting what you're saying is that how diversity is important, but right now we have a really small view of what diversity means. People think that if they are gender equal, or if they have this small program that helps people from uh, different parts of the countries or uh, of different income to, to actually be part of the company, it's enough, but as you're, as you're saying, it's, it's not enough. We need to show that every personality uh, is different we have had an interesting webinar um, Jeroen, about ha- how you work with introverts and extroverts for example this is also also diversity and depending on if you are an introvert or an extrovert you will be different in how you engage in communication for example right now you have this movement of you need to be loud uh, and you need to create a lot of noise and communication just to be present when actually we realize that, no, it's all about finding your community and having this quality message that people get and you show people that you get them and they get you. So in the world where we are, where we think that, or where we might feel that we are more and more anonymous, how do we celebrate people and how do we celebrate this diversity and give everybody a seat at the table,
2: but in the right way? Yeah, that's uh, key. And to be to be very honest with you is one of my stress is to be biased, right? So at Google also, we, we used to do a lot of unconscious bias for many good reasons, to be honest, like you're always in the business and Google doesn't escape this. There's, there's some issue around diversity. There's some issue around bias because you, we are humans and, and we have blind spots and we have a lot of information in our minds. And we put people in, case, in cases, and this is how we humans operate. But so, since you understand that, and you, that we all, all have a bias, it's very important to see how we can remove that quickly so that we really allow people to have their space and, and to make sure to be very open to what they're saying so that you can get the best out of their point of view and create. This, this innovation. So, so diversity, yes, I, I, I true, truly believe since many years now, it's not only, it's very important to, but it's not only about gender or the other type of diversity. It could be inside the same group of people. Nobody is the same. So we really need to, have to, to understand what we call the preference. So it could be communication preference, but it's personality personality preferences. So how can we understand them and allow them to to be part of that, removing our own bias? And we have a lot, all of us, a lot of unconscious bias. And this is a, a key struggle in terms of recruitment, for instance, so you really have to wait. We know, for instance, that I had a lot of women in my teens. And now that I understood how it works, we really encourage women when there were a position, a higher position to take, we really encourage women to, to go for it. And you really had to have some pep talk to make sure that the woman will get it when I'm not doing a cliche here, but most of the time, men would just, you know, take it. And it's and they're right to do it. And it's just like so, in, inside the recruitment uh, process, we had to wait for more, more time for for women to, to apply on the, on this certain type of role, because they 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 were not they were lacking confidence, and so when you know that, well, you act differently also.
1: I think it's interesting that you bring that confidence topic to the table in the context of diversity, and I think. That also means about inclusion because people that lack confidence are therefore not less suited for a job. It's only how they act in their job and they have personal behavioral elements that are not the same as others. So I think that's what we try to do also with some of our events that we organize is to give people really the opportunity to be themselves in a talent sprint and whether that is a career level up workshop or whether there's a real recruiting event that we organize for clients or more open events is really allowing people to be themselves. And by being themselves also maybe show a little bit of that diversity uh, element that you represent at that moment. Uh, Emmanuel was already referring to uh, the podcast that I recorded, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago with Effie from uh, Ireland And she was talking about those introverts, extroverts. They're equally important. The only thing is the extroverts get noticed. Uh, And organizations and recruiters are tempted to listen and to hear the extroverts because they don't know how to deal with the introverts. So there's also the skills there in in that whole whole process. There was also something else that uh, came to mind when you were talking about it. And that was... conversation I had with a design leader of a big American corporation who said when he was being challenged on maybe putting female candidates forward for a a job in his team, he said, why are we not putting more? And he was saying, these are the candidates we need to uh, go to. And he got uh, criticized for the fact that he was not putting enough women forward on the candidate list. And he said, we have objective criteria, what we need in the role. And what is the most important thing in diversity is diversity of thinking not diversity of race of sex of belief that is that driving your thinking but only selecting people on those uh, outside type of elements and very explicit is not what i'm looking for i'm looking for diversity in thinking and the candidates that i have here listed for a key role in my team all represent a different element or can activate diversity of thinking because of their backgrounds, because of their historical experiences, of their professions, of their education, and of who they are. So let's not give a preference over color, race, or sex in that sense. And I find that a very powerful statement if you dare to make that in a leadership position at a big organization, who is of course under the magnifying glass continuously, Are you meeting the diversity standards, the inclusion standards, the male-female ratio and all these type of things? But he said, ultimately, I recruit people because they fit in the team and they represent diversity of thinking. So I find that quite impressive.
2: And this is a challenge for us when we build, because out of the pack of partner, we are building this commando team, right, to equip this impact project. So... We are building teams with people who have never worked together. And we are just the orchestrator of that. So we have a project given by big company on investors, for instance, positive impact projects, And then we're looking inside the pack for the right skills and right expertise. And, and, and we are creating this hybrid commando teams out of nowhere and everybody, and it works. This is what strikes me. It's, we've been doing that for one year now and we had like more than 15 clients already and big clients and we reinvent new brands and we change the value chain for one. And
1: what connects these people? at Because again, here, it's about people and it's about connecting people to collaborate effectively to deliver an impact or an outcome for your clients at that moment. But how do you calibrate the team composition is is that sheer luck are you actively investing in understanding personality types before you compose a team what's what's the magic trick of mode
2: To be honest, I don't know. I think we're very lucky, but this is also why we encourage the pack of partners to talk to each other and to get some coffee so that they get along also together. You were asking me uh, earlier, but this is also why it's very important that people connect because when they will be on the same project together, it has to work. So we we make sure that we we present the the, the team, these virtual teams, every time we have a, a project, we we have time when we start like the conversation with one company and when it's usually we have like one two weeks before we close the topic and so we have we think about what would be the best team according to the discussion we have with the with the clients and so in the meantime for the two weeks we prepare the team saying are you available we want to work like this this is your expertise you're going to work with this expertise and these people let's talk together and when we close the topic hop, we all go on this on this project together and there's always always one of us uh, from we don't roads who also going into the project so that we make the link between people and we we drive the methodology and we drive the action
0: i i, I actually wanted to say you're the driver Uh, and this is also something that you touched upon which is leadership something that i find very interesting i I love co-working spaces i find that very interesting but some something that people don't realize is that it's not because you put people in the same place that they will get together and do amazing things you need this driver you need this this leadership for people to actually create amazing things or to actually work together so what does it mean for you this leadership as that we don't need roads or for you personally what does it mean
2: so, yes there's two things i think that we're doing so for me leadership is unvision, enable energize all right it's a three e it comes from png at the beginning but it's really this is how you you give the vision to people and how you enable them to do their mission and how you get them, you give them the motivation to do it. And I think at We Don't Need Roads, what we also have is methodologies. So we're we're using a lot of design thinking because Jeanne and I, for instance, but also Guillaume, we come from that. And, and so we're using this, this great methodologies that are very, it's kind of a framework and it's it's give you the the capacity to yeah it's a low, allowing people to express who they are and their expertise within this big frame uh, that is the methodology so i think this this is helping also so of course we understand very well the client and what is needed to to be done so we we, they risk the work for the people of the pack who will come to equip the, the project. So we're driving the action, but also they have this great methodology, so it's easy for everybody to squeeze in, I would say.
1: Okay. To go more towards the conclusion uh, of, this, uh, of this conversation, it's, it's great time, but time flies if we go this deep on, on some of the topics. I want to go back to mode. You said already you're a mother of two children and you're actually handing over a world to them that they probably uh, need to experience as the best possible world possible for them. As such, If you sit with them in 20 years from now, after they have graduated the university or the school that they want to complete and they found their first job and it's a Christmas dinner... What is it? What are you going to share with your children? What are you proud of in 20 years from now? Or what do you hope to be proud of in 20 years from now? Well,
2: the the I hope we'll we will fulfill the the mission of We don't need road, which is to fight climate change. So we hope that together we we have sh- first we show that it's possible to collaborate like this. The way we're doing it in uh, at We don't need Road is I think it's the future of work to be honest so we everybody gather on a project and they thanks to their skills and then they separate again to do something else and so i think this this type of a project-based work is very interesting and collaboration is really the new the new competition let's say so we really want to to show that it's possible for people to, to collaborate this way, and that together uh, we can really uh, change, the, accelerate the change. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, I hope we will really we make a difference on the tra- tra- trajectories. That's the, the goal. Is the the, re- the KPI, the only KPI is where will be what will be the temperature in twenty years, and did we make something. Did we change anything? Is there anything that changed thanks to, to us? Did we manage to reinvent models fast enough? Did we manage to reduce consumption? Did we manage everything that has to be done to change uh, trajectories? Thanks. I, I
0: think that is very inspiring and it's very ambitious because your only KPI is something that you actually have no direct alone impact on, which is the the degrees that we will have. But I really think that you need this ambition. And we actually all need to, you know, look at something all together and say, okay, this is a clear target that we have all together. And we want to go there because sometimes I think this is what is, what we are missing, actually. It's, this clear target that we all look at and that we all understand and that we are all aligned saying, okay, we know that if we don't respect that, things will be worse. We don't know how, but we just know it's gonna be worse. So this is is inspiring. Thank you for sharing.
2: (laughs) Thank you. And I, I I would say that one of our claim is we don't need pretty storytelling. We do need bold moves.
1: Maybe that is the best ending of this conversation. So let's let that sink in for all our listeners uh, that are with us uh, and hear this as well and get inspired by it. Final question I have for you. If people want to learn more about you or your impact-driven initiatives, where can they find more information about you If they or how can they reach out to you if they desire to?
2: Well, it's super easy. You go on the, our website and we don't need roots. i would be very, very happy to be in contact with you.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your passion. And I look... Definitely look out to uh, any future collaboration uh, through the pack and engaging with you at a different level.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much, Smoot. I, I knew it's going to be a very interesting episode, but I'm always so amazed by what people are made of. So thank you for sharing with us what you are made of. You're an inspiring human being. And it's just, it's, it's really, really nice to have you on this podcast. And I just hope that people will get inspired. And I know that as you were saying, you're not just about the, the story you are telling, but you also about bold moves. So I hope that it will actually inspire people to make the next action to help and contribute to keeping this, you know, 1, 1. 1.5 degrees. So thank you for the inspiration. And I just hope that we will all move in the same direction.
2: Thank you very <laughs> much for hosting me. And, and thank you for trusting us and being part of the, of the pack. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode in our Unlocked podcast series. We at The Talent Sprint want to make the difference in recruiting future and today's professionals. Better understanding the difference, putting people on the stage is what we enjoy doing and will continue to do. During our Talent Sprints, where career professionals and hiring organisations co-create impact, an event where talent is offered the stage to collaborate with peers, a stage where feedback is always given. A stage where new hire potential is scouted, where employer potential is explored. If you want to know more about the Talent Sprint, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter, or visit our website on www.talent-sprint.com. This is also where we announce new upcoming events, including Talent Sprint workshops or breakfast meetings. Again, thank you for listening to Unlocked, the HR podcast, that dares to put people first. Unlocked is a production by the Talent Sprint, Sabrina Gurry, Jeroen Frumeau, and Emmanuel Nishvold.